Well, 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 would you look at we have here? Another episode of the Prosser Party. So this episode, I'm going to dive into the Edmonton Oilers offseason. Because I'm a huge, I'm a huge fan of the Oilers. I've been I've been watching the Oilers since I was like six years old. Um and now they're 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 a pretty competitive team and they did a lot of retooling that uh, I'm really interested in. And I'm a big sports guy, so I want to dive into that right now. But uh, later on in the episode, I'm going to transition into uh, my future and, and what I expect to see out of myself in the next, you know, six months to a year. Because I have, I have some big, big moves, big aspirations, big goals. So I, I think you guys will really enjoy this. So I'm just going to dive in right here. So last season, the Edmonton Oilers were a force to be reckoned with. And rightfully so. They have two of the top five, top ten best players in the world right now. And if you don't know who they are, they're Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. Now, if when you have those two guys, you want to put a competitive team in front of them because, as we all know, in competitive sports, you have you have a window of of how long you can be good in the league. Eventually, as soon as guys start hitting, you know, 32, 33, 32 to like 35 in that in that age range. When you hit that age range, you, you're getting out of your you're out of your prime. You might lose a, a step or two on the ice. All that stuff. So the most recent off-season piece we have here is the draft. So we drafted first round, 14th overall, Dylan Holloway. Now, this isn't a surprise pick. This guy was projected to go, you know, mid-first round. Somebody even thought he might actually get into the top 10. The guy is a physical player, unreal defensively in his own zone. And he's got some of the best physical tools that we've seen in, in that draft class for sure. Uh, eventually, he will probably end up in Edmonton's top six, um, just solely based on when you get a first-round pick of, of, of his caliber, just defensively, he'll end up earning his way into the Oilers' top six. Um, what's nice about Dylan Holloway anyway is just he's he's in the best place he could be right now. He's playing the NCAA Division One hockey. It's it's a good fit for him. Um as we all know, we traded for Andreas Athanasiu. So we did not have a second round pick in this draft because we took the 2020 pick and the 2021 pick to get Andreas Athanasiu. Now with that move, I I was a little skeptical because he was putting up good numbers, but he's putting up really good numbers for a terrible team in Detroit. But Athens CU is a physical, speedy winger who likes to to carry the puck. So it could have worked with with either Leon or Connor. Uh, in limited time, though, it was it wasn't necessarily what we were thinking, and we didn't even expect him to be as injury prone. 
when he landed with the Edmonton Oilers. So in saying all that, it just wasn't necessarily the right fit. That's why we didn't resign him in free agency. And he was replaceable anyway. Uh, it was a hefty price to pay, but at the same time, we were we we wouldn't we weren't expecting a worldwide pandemic in sports where it was going to cancel out a lot of stuff like that. So, you know, it it just is how it is with 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 uh, making trades. Sometimes it's a gamble, sometimes it pays off, and sometimes it doesn't. And and in this case, it, it wasn't going to. And the Oilers were really strapped for for cash, so. Making making the right moves was, was crucial. I think uh, I think Ken Holland did a tremendous job in in managing his cap space to the best of his ability. And what I mean by that, well, we signed one of the best UFA defenders in Tyson Berry. I I love Tyson Berry's game. He thrives under skilled forwards. You you look what he did in Toronto last year. I mean, he had a down year, but you look at who he's playing with. He's playing with John Tavares, Mitch Marner, Austin Matthews, Morgan Riley, and all those guys got to get their own points too. And they, they will get their own points. So realistically, Barry had a down year, but I wouldn't necessarily call it that anyway, just because of how shambles the start of the Leaf season was last year and him not being utilized properly and all that in a bag of chips. I, I, I expect Tyson Berry to do big things. I think he'll put up 50, 60 points this year. And what more can he ask for when we don't have Oscar Clefbaum to start the year? We might not have him the entire year due to him being on long-term inju- injured reserve due to the fact that he has shoulder surgery that needs to be done. So we'll definitely miss it. We'll definitely miss Clefbaum, but the addition of Tyson Berry is really nice. Um, and we have a lot of good, nice pieces on the back end. Uh, Ethan Bear has, in in his rookie season, turned in a heck of a, a rookie campaign on the on the back end, and playing you know top four minutes with Darnell Nurse. Uh, I think he really flourished. I think those two have a really good chemistry together. Uh, the only the only thing I could really knock on him is just his inexperience and the amount he was deployed in the playoffs. But the issue was the Oilers don't really have you know the uh, the depth is of of other teams on the back end. And when you looked at the the playoff series with Chicago in in, in particular, um, the uh, the stymie vets of of Jonathan Taves and and Patrick Kane, and even the young guys like Kirby Doc, they kind of exposed him a little bit. And that's why I think, for the most part, the Oilers did not fare well against you know a a more veteran Chicago Blackhawks team. And I mean, you you look at you look at the the pedigree that Jonathan Taves and, and Patrick Kane have. They're multiple Stanley Cup winners. Patrick Kane is an absolute dominant player still and Jonathan Taves is just doing his thing too so having having said all that and the fact that Corey Crawford had you know the playoff round of like one of his better playoff rounds I've seen him play in 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 quite some time 
and Chicago's got some nice pieces in, in Kirby Doc and and uh, Frig. I don't even know his name. Rats. But they have a they have a good good solid team over there as well. But uh, back to the others here. Um, there's actually going to be a lot of competition on the wings this year. It's crazy. Like, like even even Dylan Holloway, like I think he's maybe a year or two away. But if he has a good camp, I I think he's in. I think I think he makes the team out of camp. But what's nice is is in the off season, we also picked up a veteran third line center that that we need in Kyle Turris at you know a one point six five million dollar cap hit over two seasons, and you know. No, no shot here, Kyle Turris, but he's definitely not the player that we once seen him in Ottawa, and he's definitely not the player he once was when he started out in Nashville. He's kind of slowed down a little bit. He's got this veteran edge to him, though, and he can still put the puck in the net. So that's that's all you can really use out of your bottom bottom six forward group. But what's probably the most polarizing uh, off season move that that tip made was or no Kenny Kenny Holland made was the um the soap opera that we've had with with Yesapuli Arby and honestly we drafted him fourth overall in the Austin Matthews draft and no it wasn't the Austin Matthews draft it was the, it was the draft after the year after but anyhow what what we saw of Puliyarvi in in the world juniors of his draft year and you know him coming in as a fourth overall pick you're expected to perform and you had all the tools to perform but I think what was his you know Achilles heel and all of this was his bad hip at, at the time and he got a little nicked up and then he just couldn't, you know, regain that. On top of that, I would say his ability to not learn English was also his his downfall. And the reason I say that is, well, your whole team speaks English and, and you can't understand it. Well, you're not going to know where to be on the ice, what the coaches are trying to say to you. And it's not like your your translator can be on the ice with you and and translating for you at practice all the time because that's just a huge distraction and 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 all that stuff. And I don't really know. I'm not a professional sports uh, sports player, so I wouldn't know like the ins and out of, outs of it all. But I would assume that you wouldn't have your translator out on the ice to practice with you because that would just be like your your bona fide babysitter. But he's back. He came back from Finland. And I just have to say his shot looks so good now. And I mean he's a sniper, so like his shot should be good. He's he's a very, you know, crafty forward. And I, I, I just can't wait to see what he's gonna be able to do now than what he did before. And I mean you look at his career statistics, I think he has like forty points in hundred and sixty games played, and that's just that's just because he didn't earn it. He didn't earn it with the team. And I think he got a little in his own head because he was a fourth overall pick and he, he should have gotten paid and, and all this stuff. And I'm not really sure like the politics on it and, and, and all that stuff, but 
if if I could give my my own opinion is just I think he got in his own head a little bit and his agent got in his head a little bit and we just kind of let him go back to Finland, let him improve his game over there on that side of on that side of the world. And I think he's honestly a lot, a lot better than when we got him. So that's really, really, really nice to see. But I think you look at, you know, a guy like Zach Cassian, who we we took a big, big gamble on Zach Cassian. And the reason I say that is, is because he had a lot of troubles in, in Vancouver um, and we didn't necessarily know what kind of player he, he could have been for us, but we definitely needed, you know, some grit to go along with the skill and, you know, having Milan Lucic back then too, along with Cassian really, you know, made sure that nobody was going to, you know, take runs at McDavid, runs at Drysaddle, runs at Ryan Nugent Hopkins. But, you know, having Zach Cassian on McDavid's wing, McDavid plays unreal with power forwards because McDavid can get to the net at just about any point in time. Um, so it, it's it's not too bad. I, I think uh, I think having Zach Cassian around has been a, a wonderful addition to the team. And I, I, I can't wait to see what, what's in store for, for next season if we do get a season as a whole. Um, another, another name that, that we lost this off season was Matt Benning, but I mean, he's a six, seven defender, not height, but just like in your order of one, two, three, four, five, six, and seven, he'd be probably your seventh guy. And you look at, you look at a guy like Evan Bouchard, who's been in our minor league system since, since he's been drafted with us. And he's just kind of, you know, blossoming into his own. And he could literally just take that spot and he could probably play alongside Caleb Jones as well. And the the nice the nice thing is is that they're both uh left shot defensemen, but one can play the right side and and Caleb Jones can play the left or, or vice versa. They're pretty versatile that way. Um yeah. I I, I really like this. This move. We also brought in a fella named Dominic Cahoon. And I'm not really sure what to expect. What's nice though is, is that he's German. Well, Leon Dreisaitl is also from Germany, so there there could be some like instant hometown chemistry together, which is which is lovely to see. Uh we picked up a little bit of a little bit of depth with uh Adam Cracknell. He's like 35 years old. Um, I honestly think just like injuries down the road, we'll give him a, give him a call up. Uh, we picked up goaltender Anton Forsberg, solid backup, unreal. I, I think, uh, I think he could compete for, for, for with, with Mike Smith here and, uh, give, give Mike Smith a run for his money here just to see if, uh, see if he can, he can break the, the, the backup spot because I, I firmly believe, uh, Miko Koskinen will end up being the the bona fide starter, but they may end up deploying a one A one B, you know, goaltending style. We might not see you know too much of 
you know, Koskinen, and it might just be like who's hot and who's not at 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 that point in time. And then we picked up uh, a depth forward in Seth Griffith. Uh, I think he'll play in our AHL team for for most of next season. Uh, he might end up cracking our, our third or fourth line, but I think he's more of a you know a, another piece to the puzzle. Just uh, when we get injuries down the road, and he'll just get a get get the call. I mean. He's a big guy, you know. He serves a purpose out there, but I, I don't, I don't think uh, he cracks the uh, the Oilers lineup at a camp. So I, 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 I took a, a nice dive into the Oilers offseason there. I think, uh, I think a lot of you guys can agree with what I said. Some of you guys might not. Some of you guys might think I'm way out to lunch, but um, hopefully. Hopefully you guys enjoyed that, but I'm going to transition here and uh, discuss my future. So it took me a little bit. And by a little bit, I mean a lot bit to really figure out where I want to be in life. And I had to do a lot of soul searching and, you know, what better way to do that when you're sitting at home during a global pandemic than to be sitting here in my room doing a podcast episode and 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 just you know vibing and doing my thing but i i see the world without a shade of gray it's either this way or this way there's not really a gray area for me um and I won't really provide any examples to it because I'm pretty sure that's self-explanatory. And if there is a few career fields that I could get in, get myself into, uh, would be probably law. Because the law is very clear, it's very concise, and it's either this way or this way or not at all. So I think my goal is because I, I, I pooped the bed in high school. I, I did absolutely terribly in high school. I grinded high school out as best as I could with with what I with what I could do given the circumstances, given you know how I was feeling and given just given all my obstacles I had to go through, I, I, I at least graduated. And I mean it's not a lot, but I, I at least got the, the, the piece of paper that can get me into post-secondary education. I feel like I'm very intelligent. I feel that, you know, I should have done a lot better for myself. I should ask a little more questions when I, when I didn't understand something. I should have decided to, you know, take, take my future into consideration, not mess off and play as mu- uh, sports as much or you know, dedicate, you know, better time management skills towards my homework so that I could better set myself up for the future. And I look back now and I was like, I'm like, well, I could have did this, 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 and this, but I can't really, I can't really look back in the past. I can't change it now. So I just have to live with, with the repercussions of, you know, just getting by with the bare minimum. So in saying that now, Within the next few months here, I will be getting a a plan of attack in order to upgrade my courses. 
The nice thing is, is that I can do that on my own schedule. I can do it on my own schedule. I can do whatever courses I, I need to, to get myself in. I will end up likely taking the, the harder academic route. So all of your, you know, advanced maths, chemistry, bio, physics, um, I'm going to take, I'm going to retake English as well. And then on top of all that, I will end up taking a social studies course that's centered around, you know, history or something like that along those lines. The goal for me is, is to get the grades and get myself into university to take law. I have such a fascination for being a lawyer. I don't know why. It might have to do with something with me being wanting to be a police officer at one point in time in my life. That that was one that was one thing. And then I realized that because I was diagnosed with PTSD and I have yet to get that cleared, that it's gonna be very difficult for me to enter the force because it was just as hard for me to enter the military. They actually said I couldn't get in because of my PTSD as well. Um, which is, you know, here nor there, it's not a big deal. Um, I think because I see the world the way I do, I feel like I can, I can help people. And I think this gives me, you know, the right career path to, you know, financially set myself up for the future and, you know, set my children up for the future and give me the right tools to live you know a happy healthy life towards the the end anyway and because it doesn't really kill your body i can still maintain an athletic lifestyle where i can go play rec basketball and rec hockey and skate around and run around and 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 do my thing on top of you know being you know a lawyer so I think that's that's just the right career path for me. Um, there are a few schools out there that I that I'd definitely be interested in, and I just want to I just want to see where it's going to take me. And I want to touch on want to touch on something here actually. Um, now that you guys know where I want to go, it is okay to not know where you want to be at coming out of high school. I think the problem is, is that teachers say that the best thing for you as soon as you get out of here is just get right back into school. But the thing is, is we don't, we don't really get shown where, like where, what, or even how we want to, to live our lives after high school or we don't really get a designed career path for us. And I've been a big, I've been a big proponent of this for, for a long time. And I think like they should start setting you up in, in, in junior high, like trying to trying to figure out these kids so that they can build a, a rapport with them to, to help solidify them to a position where they can get, 
you know, the right help to the right help and guidance to get them to where they, they need to be. And I think one way to do that would be to see like to have more opportunities in junior high and high school. Like, you know, I think, I think shop class is, is great. I, I never took it because I didn't have like really an interest in, in cars and, and mechanics and stuff like that. So I didn't, uh, I didn't even really bother with it, but I, I, I love shop class and I really hope that down the road that shop class is still a, a big thing because it, it helps people be creative and it helps people, you know, maybe find their, find their true love in, in mechanics or welding or, you know, those types of, of, of careers. And I just, I just had absolutely no idea what I wanted to do. And, and I thought that, you know, I saw all my friends get into post-secondary, UPEI, Hong College, whatever the case may be, wherever they decide to go to post-secondary. And I felt like I was behind the eight ball. I felt like I was behind. I felt scared. So I started making impulse decisions. And by that meaning, you know, applying for, uh, you know, a college course that I didn't even, well, I wanted it because I wanted to be a police officer. But at the same time, I also didn't even know if I, I, I could even do it. And it, it kind of scared me a little bit, but I did get accepted into that school. Like right off the bat, he offered me full admission, like without a, without a scholarship, of course, but he offered me an admission right on the spot at, at the interview. And I was, I was blown away. I, it's just, I didn't, I didn't, um, I didn't follow through, uh, unfortunately, because I was having, you know, you know, a bit of stress with money and I didn't know how to apply for student loans and I didn't know certain things and, and have the sort of resources that I needed and stuff. So I was a little bit behind the eight ball. So I deferred my acceptance to the next year and then I moved to Alberta and then he called me uh that year to see if I was if I was coming back and I I said probably not because I, I was working I was working the pipeline at that point. I was making really good money and I was having fun with it. And eventually I honestly thought I might have been a career pipeliner. Well that didn't actually come to fruition either. But I think I think um, I just I just have been so confused for a long time to figure out what I want to do with the rest of my life. And I think a lot of people have that issue as well. And the reason people have this issue is because we just don't get the preparation. We just don't. And some of it's on us and some of it's on, you know, the guidance of our, of our, of our parents and the guidance of our, of our teachers. And I think, you know, it, it would, it, it would just would have been nice. I, uh, I think to, to get that, to get that help. 
but on top of other career paths I I thought I was going to get into, but never came to fruition. I got into car sales uh, last year. And I just want to, you know, thank my, my general sales manager, Joe, like for the opportunity up front right now, because he took a, he took a chance on me. I was 19, 20 years old. Just, I was 19. I, I was worried. I, I, I didn't think I was going to cut it. You know, I, I wasn't doing very good off the, off the hop. He uh, really, really helped me though. And I learned a lot of skills from selling cars, how to deal with people, what kind of people are out there. And not everybody is as genuine as you think. What I mean by that is, is they'll tell you one thing to your face and maybe think something else out the door or whatever the case may be. But honestly, selling cars was the probably the best job I've ever had. And I mean, solely just because it was, it was more of an adult job. It was more of a job that like you do get when, when, when you turn of age and stuff. Cause like I was only working in the pipeline and that was, that was actually really fun. But I think it challenged me so much. And the thing is with cars is that they're always changing, but they're, they're still the same thing. They cost you money. They get you to point A to point B. And everybody just has different wants and needs of what they want out of a vehicle. So in saying that, car sales challenged me to the point where I got really stressed out. I got so stressed out. And there's a bit of a trigger warning here, but uh, I got so stressed out. I got really depressed. And I was getting into a really weird state of mind because I wasn't necessarily being as active as I probably should have been. And on top of all of that, I was just so like just sick. And what I mean by sick is I was so depressed and I was so anxious that I tried to end myself. I I tried to off myself. And it was at that moment where I called Joe and I said, look, Joe, I'm not doing too well. I did this. I, I, I did this. So he told me to take a week. And me being, you know, as, as anxious as I was, I came back, you know, after a day. And I said, look, Joe, I'm ready to come back. And he said, you know what, Sean, you give me, you give me, you give me the, the day to think about it and I'll text you tonight. And I got the, I got the text that night and he said, look, I appreciate everything you've done for us, but there is a personal reason for 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 me because I, I i'm concerned at your eagerness to come back already and that you might end up going back into that state um and we will no longer be 
needing you for your services anymore. I, I appreciate everything you've done, but at the end of the day, this is a business decision for me and I have to let you go. So it took me, it took me for a shock, but I, I understood. I understood, you know, why he did it. And I understood that, you know, if I was in that high pressure cooker situation and I, and I cracked, what's, what's to say I won't crack again. So that, that kind of ended my career in car sales because I, I started looking for, for different places. Um, but when it, when it, when it really came down to it, I kind of just said, you know what, um, this is kind of not the right, not the right career path that I want anymore because being a car salesman is tough because if you walk into it with no money or, or very little money and you're not doing well and you're on commission, it can just, just eat you away. And I knew that I probably needed a secured paycheck just to keep me going. So I just decided, you know, that's it for me. And I just decided, you know what? I think I'm just going to come back home. This living on my own out here is not working. And I just need to secure myself back home my mom's. And that's what I did. I had to... I had to regain myself. I had to figure myself, my, my, my stuff out for myself so that I could lead and live a, a happier lifestyle and, and, and really figure out what I want to do. And honestly, after a lot of soul searching, I found it and I'm, I'm, I'm happy that I found, I found this. I'm happy that I'm having, that I have the awareness now and I have the, the goal in mind that as soon as I get an MRI on this knee and that's next week, I'm actually stoked so that I can actually like really figure out what's going on with my knee. Um, but to like get back here, I just like the fact that I can get out of surgery, work my way up to be able to walk again. And then hit the ground running, going back to school and upgrading. And in that time, I will be able to save enough money to upgrade and hopefully put some money towards tuition when I am done upgrading my high school courses. And I'm going to revert back here because I didn't really cover this topic that well. Um, it's, it's honestly okay to not know what you're going to do. Because this life that we live right now is, is a marathon. Every, every single day that you live is, is just another marathon. And you just have to tackle it. And the thing is, is that I'm 21. I have friends that are in the third year university. I got friends that are third year apprentices. I got friends everywhere. And I couldn't be happier for them. But you just, 
you don't need to race. It, it, it's it's not a sprint. You can take your you can take your time to travel, go see the world. You know, if that interests you, you can, you know, have your your you know fast food gig or or whatever just just so that you can have a, a stable paycheck too to help you survive out there. And then, you know, work your way towards what you actually want out of life. And honestly, it's it's just how I see life. I see life that like it's just not a race, like nobody's ahead of anybody. Because we all have to battle our own demons every day. We all have to battle our own our own traumas every day. Like we just have to battle every every single day. You have to get up, get out of bed, get dressed, you know, make your bed. Shower, brush teeth, all, all that good stuff, you know, all that good stuff. You have to, you have to do it. Um, and sometimes you could be in the position where, you know, you like what you're doing, but there could be something else that you like. So you change, you change degrees. Well, it's not a big deal. You like, you have to look out for the best interest of you because you have to be in the driver's seat of your own life. That's, that's the main thing. I, I preach this to everybody that I know because it's, it, it's just how you have to have to look at life is that you're in the driver's seat and that's it. You dictate the terms, you dictate the speed at, at, at how you progress and you dictate where you where you see yourself, where you envision yourself, and where you decide to go in life. And I can't be. And I and for me, because I feel behind, I can't I can't be down on myself because I'm not behind. I might not be exactly where I want to be, but. At the same time, I am, you know, I get to reclaim a relationship with my mom that I didn't really get to have. And that's only because I left, right? And that's on me. Like, I I just couldn't live with three women and three women going through periods. I, I couldn't. I was the only guy in the house and I, 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 at that point in time, I felt like I needed my dad. So I left, but right now I get a relationship with my mom that I, that I didn't get, you know, and it's, it's great. I mean, sure. Um, this last year and a half has been kind of tough. I haven't been able to catch a break. Uh, she's helped me out like immensely over this last year and a half. And I couldn't th- I I can't thank her enough. I can't. There is not enough gratitude and appreciation I can give to my mom. Right? Like it it's just unfathomable. It's indescribable. I could, I could go on. But because I left at at, at 14, and I didn't come back till I was 19. She also missed out on that stuff too. So it's nice while being back home at my mom's is that, you know, we can, we can now build, you know, the relationship we actually wanted to have. 
because my my dad's out of the pictures they're not fighting with each other anymore and and I can just you know grow and prosper with my mom because I look at it this way you only get one set of parents I mean sure you do get a step parent and or you might get step parents and step and step siblings but you only get one set of parents and I want to make sure that I have no resentment towards them. I want to make sure I don't feel any sort of regret that I held anything back that I didn't, you know, spend the the amount of time I should have with them before they're gone. Because as tough as it is for, for me to say that the hardest thing is, is to lose your parents because they made you, they, they raised you, they fed you, they clothed you, they housed you. And that's, that's everything a parent has to do. That's their job. But nothing ever, like, you'll never have a bond like that with, with anybody but your parents. And because I, I missed out on five years, I'm trying to get those years back in the best way that I can with her. And sure, it's been kind of rough because I'm not easy to deal with sometimes and I'm not easy to live with sometimes. And we have differences of opinions and we're a yelling family for something. We like to yell or I don't think we like to yell, but when it comes to arguments and fights and all that stuff, I think yelling is just where we, we kind of take things. It's not great. But that's just how it's been. Um, but I, I'm just really, I'm just really stoked that I get that I that I get this chance to to be with my mom uh, full time during this pandemic. It's 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 been a blessing and a curse all at the same time, and I couldn't I couldn't be any more thankful than I am right now. Um, so mom, if you ever listen to this, uh, I hope you don't cry while you listen to this. I hope you're, I hope that, uh, you, you know, take this as, you know, send me sort of an apology for the way I've acted. Cause I, I haven't been the, the greatest. And I hope that you also take this as you know, me reaching out and me, you know, giving you the appreciation you do deserve on more of a public scale. Cause I love you. You have been my, my greatest role model. You alongside dad too. Um, to get me through life, to help me navigate through life. And I can't thank you enough. Wow. Wow. I just want to take a moment here. All right, I think I'm good. Um, 
I'm at a loss for words because, like, I just got, you know, hella deep there. And I, uh, I don't know. That's, uh, I took a dive into, you know, the Edmonton Oilers offseason moves. Um, because I like sports, I enjoy sports. Uh, a bit of appreciation from my mom, and just letting you guys know that you know, um, it's okay to not know what your future holds because life can take you six different ways, like it did myself. It took me to the pipeline. It took me to seismic exploration. It took me to car sales. It took me uh, through wherever. Um, and it's going to do that to you here and there. And you just got to enjoy the ride and, and hope that everything that you do from here on out is with purpose. Everything that you do is what you want to do. And Everything that you do from here on out is setting you up so that you don't live life without any regrets, so that you go through life accomplishing everything you you set out to be in life. And that's just the best advice I can give you. To each and every one of you out there listening right now, I, I thank you. I appreciate y'all. And if you could do me the biggest favor in the world to wherever you're listening to, sorry, wherever you're listening at, whether it be in your car, whatever platform you're listening on, please drop the fella a follow, give it a like, and please don't hesitate to send me some feedback on 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 what either A, you want to see out of this or B, what I can improve on or C, what you like and don't like about what I'm posting out here. Because I think I have something here. I think I have something great here. But that could just be me. So I'm going to continue to do this. I'm going to keep having fun with it. And I just hope y'all continue on my journey with me and continue to listen. Thank you so much, guys. Have a great rest of your day. Enjoy the week and I will catch you guys next week. All righty. Toodaloo.